Hey, hey everyone, what is up? This is Ette with another episode of Eco Loan Science. And today, you know, as we roll into June and July, um, we're going to talk about the most important thing that's on everybody's mind that, that there's so many myths and so much different confusion on, which is irrigation. How, how am I supposed to be watering my lawn? And I apologize, I know. I don't say the word water properly. It's where I'm from. People get me all the time, but that's just how it is. So get used to hearing it. So how do I water my lawn? How do I water my lawn this time of year? You know, we've come through May and April, the spring. We got a lot, a lot of natural moisture. Now you're starting to see droughts, stress. You're seeing, you're starting to see localized dry spots. What do I do as a homeowner to take care of it? So a couple things we're gonna start about. First thing I wanna talk about is it depends on the type of grass you have. It depends on. Um, every grass, ha and it depends on your soil, if it's sandy, if it's loamy, if it's clay, and the type of grass. There's a lot of factors here. So I'm going to make this disclaimer. This episode is a general guide of thumb. It's not going to be exact because you have to actually do it yourself. You have to kind of figure it out. I can't tell you because your soil, your layout, your, your terrain, your slope of property may be different than your neighbors. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. But I've got some good tips for you. So I'm going to speak mostly to uh, Bermuda, not Bermuda, <laughs> that's down south, bluegrass, which is our most popular grass here in Utah. It's a cool season grass. So with bluegrass, as we roll into the summer, the drought season, the first thing I want to mention is you want to make sure you don't turn off your sprinklers and let it get stressed out. What happens is, and I've seen it here in town two weeks ago on the weekend, we got, I don't know, a third of an inch of rain. And for the next week, people turn off their sprinklers because they thought that, oh, we got rain. It was enough. It was not enough. We wasn't even close. We had the driest April in 140-something years, I think the KSL article said that came out last month. So everything's behind. So don't just because you get a rain, don't shut it off. There's actually a little more science than just guessing. Oh, we got rain. We're good for a month. What happens is once your lawn gets stressed, once especially with this heat, you know, our elevation, how close we are to the sun, once the lawn gets stressed, it's in trouble. It's very hard to bring it back. It's very hard to go from stress brown back to green. It takes a lot of work, extra products, and, and you could cause damaging because your lawn may be going into dormancy mode, which is trying to survive itself. And so once you start messing with nature that way, you, you could run into some potential serious problems. Um, so the best thing I could say is just keep your sprinklers on. If we had a good rainfall, then be smart, dial it back, you know, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But keep things moving. Don't keep it wet. Don't let it fall behind. Don't let it get thirsty. That's the key. Um, but you don't have to overwater. A lot of people do. They're watering an hour a day, six days a week. That's way too much. That's a lot of resources that, you know, we don't have a ton of water here. Where You know, it's drought, you know, mountain desert climate. So be smart about it. Um, so let's start there. So right now, coming into the, the season, you're going to want somewhere between an inch and an inch and a half per week. Again, that's very that's a general guideline. Your lawn may need more. It may need less. But I'm giving you a guideline for the average. So you want to make sure you get in there. And, and the best way to do it is you're going to do it, I would say, three days a week instead of daily. So you want to go less frequently but longer. So instead of 10 minutes, six days a week, I would like you to go three days a week at 20 minutes, right? And that's actually, you're going to go heavier, but that's just to, 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 to make that point of don't, don't do it a little bit each day because that, that, that encourages a shallow root system. You want to water longer and deeper and less frequently so, the, so it has to work. It has to, 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 to feed, and it, makes, it helps the roots to go down. Um, so that's the first thing. So an inch, an inch, an inch, inch and a half a week, 
Um, and then, and you want to make sure you do it early in the morning. Some people do it late at night, and here you can get away with it. Sometimes you don't have the humidity that you have back east, but in, but sometimes that water, if you do it at night and it just sits there throughout the night when the sun's not up, you can create fungal issues. You can create all kinds of issues. So here, I, it's a good practice is start it very early. So I don't know how long your system takes to run the whole cycle. If it takes you, you know, four hours to run through all the zones then you're going to start at uh, 3 a.m. and be done by 7 or 2 a.m. If you're a big HOA, you know, it takes you 10 hours, well, then you are going to have to start, you know, you're going to have to start at 10 o'clock at night. But the idea is you want to start, you don't want to run it through the night if you can avoid it so it doesn't, so it's not wet and damp for a long period of time. But you want the lawn to be dried before that sun really comes out, before 10, 11 o'clock. So if you're walking on your lawn in the middle of the day, the kids are out playing at 10.30 in the morning, your lawn's still soaking wet, it's too wet. You need to die, or you need to change your times back it, make it start earlier. So you want it to dry out, and, and and there's a couple of reasons. One of them is as you get out, you know, later into the day, and if you're watering, it's noon. Just just from the evaporation and the sun, the gravitational pull, you're you are not getting anything out of that water. I mean, often this you can lose sixty percent of that water will go back from gravitational pull. So you want to avoid that. So you do it early in the morning, about an inch, inch and a half a week. Now, how do you, how do I know what that is? How, what is an inch, an inch and a half? Um, your sprinklers don't come in that settings. They come in, you know, you can set your days and you can set your time. It's very simple. What you want to do is you want to do like a can, a can test. So a lot of people use tuna fish cans, but you can use Tupperwares or whatever, but you want to get a few of them, get three, four, five of them. Uh, the tuna cans are usually about an inch deep, so they like that, that lets you know. So if you think about it, let's say I wanted to get an inch a week. And remember I said an inch to an inch and a half. It's really going to depend. But we'll just use an inch for simple math. And I want to do it three waterings a week because I want to do it less frequently but heavier. I'm going to set out those cans, those empty tuna cans. And so that means every watering I need a third of an inch. So I'm going to set them out, and let's say your sprinklers are on for 15 minutes. I'm going to run it and just have them flat on the ground, open, so that they're collecting. They're catching all the water. And let's see what happens after 15 minutes. If I've got a third of an inch, then you can just do the math. Perfect. It took me 15 minutes. So if I need an inch and a half, maybe I'll go 25 minutes. Or if I just need you know, the inch, that's it. 15 minutes, three times a week. And then you just take your ruler, and you're going to measure how deep that you got, how many, how many inches, and you'll just do the math. So if you needed three inches a week, you're going to do an inch per. That would be, that would be a little nuts, but just to give you an example. And then you can go back to your sprinklers. You can adjust the time until you find it. You're not done there, though. A lot of people, you know, again, you can't just set it. You have to make sure that you're customizing your sprinklers for a couple of reasons. You don't want to waste the resources. You don't want to waste the money, and you don't want to cause issues in your lawn. So, so the, way to, the best way to do that is once you have that dialed into where you think it is, once a month, inspect your sprinklers. Um, nobody does this, but it's amazing how many times I get people who call me, oh, you know, I got a fungus spot, I got an insect spot, and I'll say, Did you, is your, are you watering? They say, yeah, I am. And I'll say, wait, have you seen the sprinkler heads? Have you witnessed it? Well, no, they go off at four in the morning, okay? So the first thing I say is, you turn on, you do a manual test, and get out there and look at your sprinklers, every zone. Make sure the, it's covering the entire area. Make sure, again, the same, way, the same thing with the cans, you could do that here. So you could run a test on every zone for five minutes and put your tuna fish can down, right? Zone one, then once you finish, you measure it. Okay, I got a third of an inch, right? Then you go back to zone seven, I got a third of an inch. But maybe at zone eight on the side of your yard where that brown spot is, you didn't get a third of an inch. You got a quarter of an inch, right? Something's off. Sometimes the sprinklers can skip over a head. Um, I, I'm sorry, the heads can skip over an area. So you may, I've seen it all the time where the area, the lawn right next to the sprinkler, 
it's brown because the sprinkler is shooting the water over it, right? You have to have the right heads on your irrigation. And I'm not going to talk about that, but, but just getting the right sprinkler system is a whole – we could spend hours talking about that. But anyway, I recommend visual inspecting, making sure the whole lawn's wet. And if it looks wet but you're still seeing brown spots, start putting cans out. Start measuring. Get, let's get scientific. Find out exactly is this spot getting a half an inch and this spot's getting a third inch. Okay, start there. Maybe we need to balance those out. So anyway, you're going to go through that. And the cool thing about Utah is we have a program called Slow the Flow. Um, I don't know if it's slowtheflow.com or .org, but you can go to their website, and they will. you can set up an inspection. They will come out and bring their team in. It's all free, and they will go head over, and they will, they will you know, go over your entire process, see what needs to be better, what's wrong, and then they will make the changes. They will give you advice and tips. So that's it. There's usually a waiting list, but, but that's a cool program. And I'm not sure right now with, with COVID and everything if that's still active, but that's been happening for the last few years. So yeah, just really make sure your heads are the right type. Make sure they're not skipping areas. Make sure you put your cans out, your testing. Once a month, do the visual you know, test, do a can test, and just stay ahead of it. Don't let your lawn go dormant. Now, if you do get some of these spots and you're finding that you know, those areas are getting the, the water properly, the same in the two different sections, but they're brown, well, that's something else. You may have drought stress. You may have localized dry spot. And we'll talk about that on the, on the next episode. But anyway, I hope that helps. Just a little bit of overview. Again, it's a very generic guideline. I can't for this area. I, you know, And if you're on a slope, you're going to have to decrease it there because it's going to run off. There's just so many factors that play into each property. So I can't customize it for each of you. But just, just, just know the basic guidelines. Just start with what I've asked you to do. Get that inch, inch and a half a week. Check your sprinklers. Make sure all the areas you're getting full coverage and then go from there. If you do all that and everything looks great and you still have the spots, then we need to look into the next issues, which are, you know, localized dry spots, fungal or insect issues. Anyway, hope that helps. Uh, have a great day. I'll see you on the next episode.